This is the John Oakley Show podcast. You know, rather interesting. There was a poll that came out, I guess, in the latter stages of the election as to uh, which party leader seemed to have more of a hidden agenda. And they said, I think they ascribed like 39% to Andrew Scheer that he had a hidden agenda, as opposed to like 6% for the Liberals and negligible for Andrew Scheer, not Andrew Scheer, uh, Jagmeet Singh, rather, and Elizabeth May. Uh, and yet, you know, there was this thing that was floated, I guess, about uh, a capital gains tax on principal residences, which the Liberals, you know, they denied. But uh, it was a policy paper floated by Adam Vaughn, the MP up here in York, uh, whatever it is, down by Spadina, Uh Back in 2018, that was actually part of the uh, unaffordable housing plan that the Liberals had put forward, <laughs> but it didn't go anywhere, and I guess uh, nobody paid any attention. But they had also a plan for affordable housing and just in general uh, how they were going to address the whole real estate thing. And uh, although it was not that well publicized, certainly I didn't see it being uh highlighted during the recently completed campaign, but I wanted to get back into it now, and uh, to help me do that is our friend Phil Soper. He's the CEO at Royal LePage, and let's see if we can make some sense out of whether or not these are good proposals and uh, how you might feel about those. Phil, always a pleasure. Good afternoon. Yeah, great to be here the day after. The day after the night. <laughs> By the way, uh, you heard about that capital gains tax policy thing that Adam Vaughn initiated, didn't you? I did, yeah. I, mean, I don't know if it was ever given serious consideration no it was something like um uh, the ndp's claim or promise uh, that they'd build half a million uh, affordable homes over the next uh, decade sometimes it's it, these ideas are floated but they don't they don't have any chance of becoming reality right well okay the ndp's uh, well you know it's funny you cite that they're talking five hundred thousand homes over 10 years but now the liberals are saying they've got a 55 billion dollar plan that aims to build a hundred thousand affordable housing units over a decade is that more practical and realistic and where would that be and how would they allocate those yeah you know what it's uh certainly when you're getting down to those kind of numbers particularly if you focused it on uh uh, call it social housing, you could probably make a dent at the very um, most needy end of the housing spe- spectrum. Of course, that's not the answer for our housing crisis in the GTA and Vancouver and other big cities in the country. Um, the problem's much bigger than that, and I hope they, the, the new government or the new government and its friends uh, allow that to be put on the table. Yeah, fifty-five billion though. That's not insignificant. That's a whole no, whack of cash. That's a that's a lot of cash. Yes. And and uh, some of it uh, would be nice to go to municipalities in the form of uh, tax incentives or other programs that would say reduce the cycle time mm-hmm. uh, that it takes from uh, building proposal to construction because that produces a lot of. Uh, a lot of uh, tax revenue for our uh, cash-strapped cities, and they're uh, loath to let go. And, and I think something has to be done, much in the same way that uh, you and I have talked about in the past with uh, health and education. The federal government isn't responsible, but it can definitely you know, push policy in the right direction if it uh, gets its mind to it, puts its mind to it. I think we've talked about this one as well, but the uh, first-time home buyer incentive that subsidizes up to 10% for a new home, 5% on a resale. Uh, good idea, and how would that work? How's that working? You know, I'm not even sure it was good politics. It, it 
really just kind of fell flat. It's uh, it's not particularly meaningful in the marketplace. We've seen very little uh, take up. Now, you never know. It might just take time for people to understand and uh, sign up. But it doesn't appear to be something that will materially impact uh, the housing market, whether it be affordability, accessibility, or even just raw volumes. It doesn't seem to be uh, um, a very important piece of legislation. Yeah, I'm trying to remember the details on that. Uh, again, first-time home buyers, you get uh, subsidized up to 10% on a new home. Uh, is that like a full cash incentive, uh, you know, the, the subsidy, you know, or you have to pay back? Uh, it's an interest-free loan, effectively. Yeah, it's it's actually co-investment when you come right down to it. It's, it's Although they've never said this, uh, to me it looks like it's modeled after some co-investment businesses, private businesses in the U.S., where a, where a company will put up um, money beside you and invest in uh, properties that they believe, in neighborhoods they believe will appreciate, and when the property sold, they take their um, piece of the pie. There's challenges with this, of course. Uh, uh, say, for example, the 5% on resale, if you put money into the home, um, in terms of sweat equity, uh, you're not going to get 100% of that back. You're going to have to share 5% with uh, CMHC or the government. Now, that may be something you're completely willing to do to move from renting to, to owning, but it hasn't really resonated in our I, – I, because I've asked at the field level, I said, are people asking for this? Are people – uh, young first-time home buyers that are looking to get out of, say, a condo and into uh, that 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 first detached home to raise their families are they are they stepping up and asking for the details? And the answer I get back is almost nothing. So now we'll get official statistics on this as the uh, year closes, and and there may be ch- uh, changes program that make it more usable in uh, the GTA, for example, raising limits. Uh, or they may not, but right now it's uh, it was an interesting idea. I'm not sure it's a material. Well, I know it's not a material um, step uh, that is needed to uh, address the national housing shortage. Yeah, so far uh, we're batting zero on some of these proposals that I'm running by you. Phil Soper is the CEO of Royal Page. Uh, let me ask you about the other thing, the 1% surtax on absentee foreign owners. Uh, has that had impact? <laughs> That's another one that is just, it's, we're talking about a very uh, tiny number of transactions. Um, it's, it's not bad policy, unlike some other ideas like uh, speculation taxes in BC, which really aren't speculation taxes, they're more like a cottage tax. But, um, and we could get into that if you, but it hasn't been proposed for Ontario. But the, the vacant property tax in an area where you have, a shortage of housing. I don't have any issue with people having to pay more, having to pay uh, an additional sort of public uh, stipend for the luxury of leaving a property alone when you've got a shortage of property. So I don't have any issue with it. I just don't think it's, well, it hasn't been material enough to uh, change housing, house price uh, trends in any way, and that was how it was built in, in British Columbia. Yeah, and John Tory's a fan of that here in Toronto. Yeah, you know what? It, and it is it is money for the coffers, right? So 
like I said, I don't, I don't um, have any issue with it as public policy because it will raise much needed funds that could be spent on transit or policing or something else. And if you're wealthy enough to leave a home in Toronto empty, you can probably afford to pay a little extra uh, tax. It's, we're not talking about a huge amount of money. So I don't have any problem with the policy, except if it's touted as a solution for our housing shortage and, and house price uh, inflation, because it's not. There's not enough vacant property to make a material difference. And what makes you an absentee? If the property isn't uh, occupied for a year, uh, what's the what's the threshold? In the, you know, they, as far as I know, it hasn't been laid out on a federal level, uh, the details. Uh, in B.C., it's six months. So if you if you leave a property alone for six months, which is why they sometimes call it an Alberta Alberta tax. You know, if you live in Calgary where there's like almost no lakes, we, we've got mountains and, and prairie, and so people go to BC to cottage. And if you don't rent it out and you leave it in one in one of the one of these uh, tax areas like the the Kelowna area, you leave it empty, you're subject to a you know, a significant tax. So it's uh, not very popular. Same in Vancouver, by the way. If you're in Vancouver and you own one of these properties and uh, you don't rent it out when you're not using it, uh, you're subject to, quote-unquote, a vacant property tax. And by the way, it's Vancouver that has the the uh, housing shortage, like Toronto. It's not cottage country. Right. All right. Uh, finally, I'm kind of curious because uh, they're talking about a grant that would offer up to 5000 to new home buyers that are certified to produce a net zero emissions. I mean, okay. Well, you know, I think that environmental policy was probably last night. I don't know if you stayed up and watched it. Like, mm. it's, it, you know, I, I stayed up too late. Yeah. And there was very little discussion on, on housing, and it was a central uh, issue in the campaign. There was, again and again, we came back to the environmental file. And if you look at, for example, uh, Atlantic Canada and Quebec, where they've been, they've had such horrible issues with the flooding of homes, the environmental uh, prevention and uh, remediation or, or, or support as a result of these the, these floods are, are front and center. So I think the housing file and the environmental file will see some overlap. And we may well see policy uh, in, in ways that appear a little bit obtuse in the beginning uh, aimed at making housing more resilient uh, to flooding, to fires in the West, uh, and also making it... Um, part of the plan to reduce uh, reduce emissions because housing does produce a lot of emissions emissions right and ironically there are some people who posit that if we don't get the pipeline built we'll all soon be living in tents and that'll be affordable so uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it'll all come full circle in, yeah you know, in uh, calgary so i i understand the other side of the argument very very well <laughs> right fair enough phil uh, always a pleasure we'll talk yeah. down the road you take care, Chuck. You Bye-bye. too. Phil Soper, CEO of Royal LePage. He did live in Calgary. Uh, you know, a lot of people in Calgary are not happy this morning, this afternoon, going forward. I've been reading about that. Don't know if you have. Uh, last night, it didn't take too long before the results came in that they were talking about separation and uh, even Jason Kenney promoting this idea of maybe withholding transfer payments. I don't know constitutionally how he could do that, but uh, because he feels like they're the 
patsies of confederation and they send all this money to Quebec and Quebec can lord it over them and decide that they want to, you know, uh, make sure that any infrastructure project like a pipeline is stillborn. Uh, it seems like they're working at cross-interest or cross-purposes there. That's the West feeling they lost out last night. Uh, on the other hand, Andrew Shear talking bullish about how they won the popular vote and therefore they're really perched uh, in a position they will keep the Trudeau government's feet to the fire, and it's just a matter of time. Uh, 18 months to two years, Andrew Shear was talking up. I'm going to open the lines because I wanted to get your thoughts. Uh, first chance to call in. Who won, who lost? I mean, this is just in a broader sweep of things. I mean, there are many different aspects or narratives that you can adjust to who won or who lost. Uh, you know, for example, you might say, well, the country, because separation has reared its head in two different regions. Now it's polarized. Thanks for listening to the John Oakley Show podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere else you get your on-demand audio.